0: Play is underway around the world of golf, but today we're going to touch on two subjects that are very important to that same world. First of all, a golfer's mind. And secondly, ratings. Who's watching? Where? What does it all mean? It's all coming up on the Fairways of Life we're Worldwide.
1: Welcome to the most listened-to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews... Unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's
2: Matt Adams.
0: Pleasure to welcome you to your program on this Thursday. We have a lot to go through with you today, including some special guests that I think you're going to be absolutely fascinating by. I'm going to give you an update on what's going on on leaderboards in the world of golf. But first, we touch on this. Brooks Kepka addressed the media yesterday. Speaking among other things about the fact that yeah, he's on the mend, uh, maybe he's not exactly where he expected to be. You be the judge,
3: yeah, uh, I mean, still not a hundred percent um you know still be a while before I'm a hundred percent, but I mean it's dramatically better than where it was um at augusta um you know i I feel like the the strength is 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 getting there, um the mobility is getting there and I I'm I'm ahead of schedule. Um a long ways ahead of schedule of where um where I should be at at this point. So I'm I'm very pleased. I mean I still can't squat down. Um Rita you know, get in that catcher's position or um, you know, fully bend down it'll be it's a lot better than where it was at Augusta, but um, you know, it's still not it's still not completely normal. Um yeah, I mean it's it feels really good. Um, every once in a while, I just have a swing where it just doesn't quite get off. Um, I don't load on my right side and stay on it and turn. I just kind of get off of it, and you know that happens with with the longer clubs, mainly mainly driver. But um, you know everything from about seven iron in, no problem. Um, it's just you know more load um, the longer the club, and uh, you know it's I'm pleased with what I've been able to do. Um, between Dr. Elitrosh, Heather, uh, Mark Wall, uh, my trainer, Derek, it's all been, everyone's very happy with it and, um, you know, months ahead of schedule, so it's just nice to be, nice to be back out and, and being able to play golf and and actually hit shots that I want to hit. I'm like, I'm like, I was doing it at Augusta.
0: That was Brooks Koepka addressing the media yesterday. Play is underway right now in Texas. I'll get to that one second. First leaderboard update on the European Tour. Remember, they are two rounds now into that championship. Richard Bland is leading top the leaderboard at 7 under par. He's 3 under through 16 today. Uh, Julian Gutierrez is uh, 6-under in one shot back, sharing that position with three others. Justin Harding, Eddie Pepperell, and Matthias Schwab all in 6-under, the last of which Schwab has yet to tee off for the second round. He'll be teeing off local at 1.20 p.m. this afternoon. On the PGA Tour, multiple players have reached the mark of one under par, all of them having done it after but one hole. It's early Days Still, Danny Lee, Seamus Powers and Rafael Cabrera-Bea have all birdied their first hole of the day. Ben Martin, uh, Fabian Gomez and Tom Hoagie have all parred their first holes of the day on the golf course and awaiting scores coming in from Schwartzel, Taylor and O'Hare as well with Choi, Sam Ryder and Scott Harrington. From there, just coming up, we're waiting for the group of James Hahn, Patrick Rogers, and Tom Lewis, who will be teeing off next in number one. Chesson Hadley, Rory Sabatini, and Ryan Blom, who will be teeing off on number 10 to start their day. As I mentioned to you, I'm super excited about today's show because of the guests that we have on. Uh, The first one, most prominent indeed, and I know uh, someone that you guys love to hear from. Uh, As you guys know, the mind can be a fragile thing and at its highest levels of any degree of performance in whatever field of competition in which you either observe or compete in, it is more often than that that the mind can make or break a sales, a decision, at times a career. But all those that play the game of golf realize that between the ears is oftentimes where majors and championships are won. Just yesterday on this show, Jordan Spieth said that it's more about the mind at this level, to paraphrase his, which is why the counsel of our next guest is so valuable to so many of the games in the world's great performers. Uh, Sports psychologist Dr. Bob Roteller, he's recognized internationally for his application of mind mastery principles, which have laid the foundation for so many athletes and hundreds of companies to be successful. The list of golfers he worked with is so long it's easy to tell you. His students have collected more than three hundred victories in seventy-four plus major championships. He was director of sports psychology for twenty years at the University of Virginia, where his reputation grew as the person champions talked to you about the mental aspects of their game. Rory McElroy mentioned him specifically after winning the Wells Fargo Championship on Sunday and for good reason. Dr. Bob Rotella will change the way that you think on the golf course, if not in life, so it is always a pleasure to welcome him back to the program this morning. Dr. Bob, how have you been?
4: I've been great, Matt. How about yourself? I'm doing well,
0: thank you. I appreciate you joining us. I understand you have a new book coming out. It's called Make the Next Shot Your Best Shot. It will be released in September uh, during the Ryder Cup week. Uh, you can pre-order it at, Sh- at Simon & Schuster, and we're going to be sending out that link, folks, through all of our Fairways of Life social media today, so you guys will have a chance to, get, to jump on this book. Uh, could you tell us about what the new book's about, Bob?
4: Well, it's about playing great golf. It's, it's, we really tried to make a lot of analogies to other sports. I think we're in a generation where golfers are becoming very athletic and we're trying to make a lot of connections between how we play other sports. I really like my players to be athletic. And what that means to me is I want them to be instinctive. I want them to play with their eyes and their instinct. I want them to see a shot and hit a shot without thinking in between so they can really react to what their eyes and instincts just see. I mean, that's that- in a nutshell. And a lot of it's about getting – people to play the game of golf instead of fighting the game. I I keep telling people it's a game and it has to be played at. And that means embracing the game and loving the challenge of the game and having fun with it. I, I think too many people say they love golf. They love reading about golf. They love talking about golf. They love practicing golf. And then they get in a tournament and they feel like they're locked in a prison in Siberia somewhere. And I want them to actually have fun while they're actually playing in competition.
0: That sounds to me like, like it's anxiety, it's it's uh, nervousness of some kind that that are overcoming them. Is there a way when you're getting athletes at whatever degree that they compete, uh, golfers better put, is there a way that you can get them prepared for a, a competition circumstance so they're not overwhelmed and feeling like they're in prison in Siberia?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's so much nervousness. I mean, I think everyone gets nervous if that means having butterflies and having your body feel different. I I think it's about getting your mind in the right place. I mean, it's it's really as simple as if you're going to think about golf, think about playing great, or think about making putts, or think about hitting good shots instead of spending hours worrying about playing bad. I think when you're on the golf course, it's about seeing where you want the ball to go instead of worrying about where you don't want it to go. And I know that sounds overly simple, but I've spent my life trying to make the game ridiculously simple and I think it can be made very simple and I think the tendency in golf is to make it way too complicated and to make it way too technical and it's not that technique doesn't play some role but it's amazing how often I'll have people come to my house and tell me about their problems in their swing or in their stroke and I'll say well I want you to stand in front of this mirror And I want you to make some practice swings and they'll make practice swings in front of the mirror. I said, well, good. I want you to look at yourself while you swing. And they've just told me how much they slide too much or they have whatever wrong in their swing. They've been told. And when they're standing there making practice swings, they go, well, you know, I'm not doing any of that. (laughs) Gee, I'm doing everything I want to do. I said, well, the problem must not be with your swing. It must be when there's a ball in a target, something changes because of fear or doubt or just simply trying too hard to do it and so it's kind of like the same way with winning it's something you have to let it happen in other words you ask about preparation i want people to be prepared to win but i don't want them thinking about winning when they're on the golf course in other words if you know you're better than everyone else why would you care what anyone else is doing i mean just get lost in your own little world and have fun and I think what you're really chasing is a feeling state and a mental state where your mind's really quiet and you have peace of mind. And so you don't really care that much about the result when you're on the golf course and you just keep doing it until you run out of holes. And when you run out of holes, you kind of assume that they're going to tell you you won, but you're not worrying or caring about winning or losing while you're actually playing the game. And, I, I want people to understand it's a lot of fun just to see the shot you want and hit it. Like people struggle all the time with their pitching. And it's like I never see anybody struggle with their pitching when they're just seeing the shot they want. Now, if you try to hit a pitch shot thinking about sculling it or chunking it, I don't know anybody, no matter how talented they are, that can hit a good pitch shot. So, I mean, a lot of it is getting people to be honest. And we live in a a world that's very much ruled by magazines books and television and television because it can only take a video of the golf swing we tend to present golf as if it's all about the swing if we had a video of what was going on inside a player's mind as well as the swing we would very easily say oh god his swing changed because look what he was thinking and but we don't have that so i've got to get people to be very honest with themselves and i'd say with the players I've been able to help, it's very definitely important that they're honest. And, and I love it when the player sits down and is really ready to be honest about, wow, yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing that lately. And a lot of times they've done it before, whether it was in practice or playing with their buddies or or even playing in a tournament before, but somehow they've gotten away from doing it. And, you know, it's, it's very much like playing like you did when you were a kid. I mean, most... Good players will say, you know, when I was a kid playing golf, I went to the golf course every day. I just wanted to see how many birdies I could make. <laughs> and they'll say, God, now I'm out on tour, and I'm out there trying to not make bogeys. And I think there's just a very big difference in the two. Bob, you're, uh, your left
0: hand that you're holding your phone with, just be careful because your finger is over a part of your uh, your camera there. We're ah, used yeah. to all of these Beautiful. new technologies that exist in, in the world. Good-looking right, my... finger, though, isn't it? Yes, a very attractive figure. So, yeah. this, this everything that you're talking about, even from the standpoint of someone who passionately loves this game, that if they never played another day professionally, they would probably play golf every day anyway. But then at other times when the dark clouds roll in, it's, and we both know this man, it seems like he hates the game. Obviously, he doesn't. It's, it's a time and place. So, I'm thinking about Darren Clark. And I'm thinking about, because we're going back to Royal St. George's this year, uh, that year in 2011, the, the mindset of Darren early in the week, midweek, to the mindset of Darren when he went off Sunday to tee off in the afternoon for, for, the, for the final round of the Open that he would win. Could you take us through your observations of where he was from one part of the week to the, to the end?
4: Well, on Tuesday morning, he didn't think he could make a putt unless he hit it inside six inches. And he felt like his short game was really struggling. And as a result, it was really affecting his ball striking and kind of poured his heart out. And, you know, what I remember the most was by Sunday morning, he's paired with Dustin Johnson, the last two players on the green. And Darren showed up on Sunday in a great state of mind. So I was very happy. And... On the putting green, he was wonderful. And so we walked to the first tee. And sometimes they let me walk and stand on the back of the tee box. But that day they didn't. So when we got to the ropes at the first tee, he gives me a big bear hug. And he whispers in my ear, he says, thanks a lot, Doc. I've had a ball this week. And if I can just have fun playing unconscious golf and just seeing it and doing it and being in a great state of mind all day, I'm going to be a happy man. And I remember he walked away. I was really happy that that's what he said. And I remember at the victory party that night, I said to him, Darren, you made me so happy with what you said at the ropes. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, if you had hugged me and said, Doc, I'm 47 years old. This is probably my last chance to win the Open, which I've been dreaming about since I was a kid. Um, I'll probably never win when I would have gone. Oh, goodness. I didn't get my job done. Yeah, I didn't get him in the right place. But I said, when you said that, I was like, wow, he's going to play really good today. And I told him, I said, I didn't know if you were going to win, but I knew you were going to have a really good chance because you were going to play really good. I mean, if someone else won, they were going to beat you playing really good golf. And I think, you know, that in a nutshell, it's like I want you way more into that state of mind where you're just looking where you want the ball to go. The other thing I remember is Darren telling me, You know, I'm very into not looking at leaderboards because you already know you're going to win. So why would you care what anyone else is doing or what's going on in the leaderboard? And it it adds to peace of mind. And so he told me on the 17th green, I had a four-shot lead. And for the first time all day, I had about a 12-foot putt, and I looked at the board. And I saw I had a four-shot lead, and he said, I got very happy. And he (laughs) said, it was the first putt all day. My only thought was don't run it by in three putts. And he said, I left it about two and a half, three feet short for the first time all day. And he said, but the good news is I realized what I had done. And he said, I walked to the first tee and all I was thinking about is let it go to the target. And he said, I hit a drive that went forever that was so pure, it was awesome. And he said, you know, it's just such a fine line. And I think that's some of the point about the mental game is you can go from being in a really uptight negative state of mind to a great state of mind in a matter of moments. So, I mean, that's, what's beautiful about it. You don't have to go hit 6 million balls. It's just a matter of getting in a different state of mind and it's letting go of doubt. It's letting go of fear. And to some degree, I want players to feel like they don't care and it doesn't matter when they're on the golf course. And what, what people have to understand is in order to get really good, you have to be very dedicated. You put a lot of time and energy into developing skills, which takes a lot of effort. And then you got to go to the golf course and say, I got it. I know how to do this, so I don't have to think about it. I mean, that's really why we train in practice, so we don't have to think about it when we do it. And that's, that's what's a lot of fun about my job.
0: Dr. Bob Rotella has a new book coming out, folks. It's called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot. Uh, It's being released by Simon & Schuster, and we have a massive opportunity for you today and leading up to its release because they are taking pre-orders for the book right now. If you follow Fairways of Life through any of our social media channels, the myriad, uh, we will put that link out so that you guys are able to get this book and be in line before the rest of the world for Dr. Bob Rotella's new book, Make Your Next Shot, your Best Shot, it will be officially released in the month of September. So, uh, Dr. Bob, I'm curious about something because vanquishing oneself of fear or, or, or concern about what's going to happen instead of just focusing on what's before you to, to embrace fun, I'm always curious if that, that sense of peace of mind, that sense of contentment, or conversely, discontentment, does that come for most people with a sense of control or does that come with releasing yourself from feeling like you have to control every variable
4: yeah i think you have to totally (laughs) let go of the tendency to want to over control everything i mean it's uh, you know i keep telling people that you gain control by feeling like you're giving up control and it's true in golf and it's true in a lot of things in life and but, but you have to let go of the over-desire to try to make it happen. Instead, you have to let it happen and just do it. And sometimes we get there by downplaying the importance and saying, we're just playing golf. It's a game. You have to play at it. You can't work at it when it's time to play it. And sometimes we do it by taking yourself to your happy place. In other words, like for most players, there's been some place in their life where, whenever they go there, they always play really well, or they always pitch it really well, or they putt it really well. Sometimes it's on the warm up putting green. Sometimes it's in a practice bunker. Sometimes it's at your home course, and it's like so. We take ourselves to that place, and that's what's beautiful about your mind. You can take yourself anywhere you want to play. So you can be playing Augusta or the U.S. Open, and. Pretend you're somewhere else in your mind. That's, that's what's beautiful. Sometimes we get there by redefining winning. Like you don't have total control over winning relative to everybody else, but you can say, when I'm in this place mentally and emotionally, I'm really good and I can really do some neat things. And so, I mean, we, we redefine winning as did I get in that place? Because sometimes you're going to play out of your mind great, do everything you wanna do and have somebody else play the best they've ever played in their life. And the world's gonna see them as the winner. And they're gonna ask you what happened and what's wrong. And you have to be able to say, well, I played great. I loved everything I did today. I was awesome. Uh, I won, the world doesn't know it, but I loved how I played, so I'm happy. And there's gonna be other times where you get in your way and you may even walk away and say, man, I feel like I choked my brains out today. And somehow they gave me the trophy. Everybody else must have choked their brains out. And you don't get much satisfaction from that. And so we redefine winning as let's do the things that you own. Stop trying to control them other than getting your head in the right place. And enjoy the heck out of playing the game. And don't let the outcome totally define who you are. Sometimes people say, yeah, but the world is going to kiss my butt. For winning, I go, yeah, we can't change the world. Stop trying to change the world. And I usually tell pro golfers and and amateur golfers, I said, look, when you watch some other sport, you probably just care about the outcome and the score. So we're not going to change the world from doing that. But as an athlete, you have to be able to do that and get lost in your own little world and have a lot of fun playing the game because this is a game you'd say that you love. And part of it is if you love it, you better feel like you're loving it when you're doing it.
0: If you want to and it really doesn't world. matter if
4: it's golf or basketball or football I mean I, I mean I remember working with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl I've, I've worked a lot with Virginia and, and Kentucky when they won national championships in basketball I mean I've worked a lot in baseball It's like if a pitcher throws a great pitch and the guy hits it over the fence we tell the pitcher well you just threw a great pitch welcome to the big leagues that guy in the plates pretty darn good too And likewise if the pitcher strikes out the batter, You tell the batter, I just made a great swing and the pitcher just made a great pitch. He won that time, but I'll get it next time. And you have to be able to do that in golf and in every other sport.
0: It's fascinating stuff. Dr. Bob Rotella's new book is called Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot. It will be officially released in September, but... Uh, He is offering an opportunity, and Simon & Schuster, the publisher, for you guys to pre-order the book right now. Make sure that you follow Fairways of Life through all of our social media platforms, and we will send you the link. You'll be able to get uh, in queue right now for that book. So, Dr. Bob, as I mentioned when I was introducing you, Rory McIlroy specifically mentioned you on Sunday post-round after his victory. And for him, obviously, it it was an emotional return to the winner's circle again. The impression, I think, that people have is that when a player that, to, to us, to our knowledge of, has not gone to you before, and then suddenly they go to you, then suddenly they break through, that sometime, somehow, in a mental state, they were rock bottom. What is it like when a player of that caliber goes to you? Is it everything that you're talking about where the first thing you do, it goes, "Hey, just breathe and realize it's not so bad?
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I had spent time with Rory many years ago um, and he told me he was pretty much brought up on my book. So he, he's been into my stuff for a long time, but I haven't spoken with him in a while. And then, and we ended up spending a, a, a day together. And in all honesty, we talk about a lot of the stuff I'm talking to you about. Um, <laughs> and, you know, when, when Rory's, uh, you know, if you want to consider it lost, he's like in the top four or five in the world. Uh, you know, he's, he was pretty darn good before I ever talked to him. He's uh an incredibly talented young man, but I mean, like everybody else, he knows when his head's in a really good place, he's a lot better golfer and it's a very fine line, but you know, we spent, you know, a lot of people have asked me, so, I mean, did you go on the golf course? And I said, no, we spent all day sitting inside talking and you know, we really talked about attitudes, about mindsets, about a lot of it is. And what I loved about his win is to watch him hit three fairways and then just score. I, I love the fact that he was playing golf. You know, he was just going and hitting it and getting it. And that's really, you know, this new book, We Make Your Next Shot Your Best Shot, that's really what we're trying to say to people. If you hit it in the right trees, I don't want to see you walking on the fairway working on your draw swing. I want you to think I got to hit a big old cut around these trees in order to get it on the green. And and that's what playing golf is. The other is working on your golf swing on the golf course. And I, I want people playing the game and because this is a game you love. So play the game. And I keep reminding people, I didn't invent the game of golf. I didn't design it to be a game of mistakes. Uh, but that's the way the game is. And if you love it, well, you're not going to perfect it, and if you if you think you're going to be the first person in history to perfect the game, and if you get it in your head that I can only win if I play perfect, because I think everyone else is going to play perfectly, uh, well, then you don't believe in yourself, because I mean that that's just not a good place to be in order to play this game. Given your company. and by the way, I, I mean I see on your I see on your site there you've got a picture of Coach Calipari and me at an NCAA championship game and it's like yep. it's the same in basketball we tell the guys before the championship game look you're going to make a lot of mistakes tomorrow night you're going to miss shots you're going to make turnovers you're going to have shots blocked and you can't care you just got to go get it and keep on playing and it's the same way in the game of golf
0: I love it. Dr. Bob Rotella is our guest. His new book, Make Your Next Shot, Your Best Shot, is in pre-order right now. will be released in September. You can get in the queue immediately. We will be sending out the link to everyone. Dr. Bob, obviously, you know there's a major championship next week with the PGA, and here you've been giving us counsel throughout the course of this dialogue to not let circumstance overtake what's right in front of you. How do you find balance then for weeks that are so major such as this PGA Championship coming up, to keep everybody in the place mentally
4: where they should be? Well, number one, you try to do all your preparation far in advance. You don't do it the week of the tournament. I think people who suddenly, you know, do emergency preparation the last three, four, five days, you know, that's panic. So we want to prepare in advance. Second of all, we try to anticipate anything and everything you could possibly face during the tournament. From the weather to the golf course set up to pairings to delays in pray, play to not have where you want it the week of a major to God knows what. You know. So you even try to anticipate things that you can't anticipate to the best of your ability with the emphasis being on knowing that nothing's going to possibly bother you or upset you when you get to the tournament site and that you know how you're going to deal with it. So a lot of it is about how do you respond to stuff? And to some degree, you, you never know what's going to happen, but you have to know that you're prepared for everything. And then we, we try to downplay everything. We try to react to everything that could possibly happen.
0: Bob, the last thing uh, I'll ask you about today, and I'll let you go after giving us a tremendous amount of time for which we are extremely appreciative. Make your next shot your best shot. Uh, to be released
4: so in September. Some players, yeah, excuse me, someone's calling. Uh, some players, we I, I, I actually either fly to see them or play fly to see me a week and a half or two before, oh. um, like I'm doing this week. Some we do it on Zoom. Some we do it on the phone. Some we FaceTime. Some we just give them some text messages. And we continue that through the week. But the, the bottom line is everyone's a little different. Some people like to play the week before. Other players like to not play the week before. Some players, if they don't play the week before, get, stay home and get way too perfectionistic and mess it all up. Um, and so you have to know yourself. And, you know, some you learn from my experience. Some they learn from their experience. And, you know, sometimes you learn the hard way.
0: Uh, last question I have for you today, Dr. Bob Rutella, remember folks, his next book coming out is called Make Your Next Shot, Your Best Shot, and it is being pre-ordered right now. You can go to Simon & Schuster. We will provide you with the link on all of our channels, so stand by for that. I always like to ask you before we say goodbye in our, in our catch-ups, uh, Dr. Bob, over the years, is to give everybody one little pearl, one little Something that they can try, something they can think of at home, something they can do before they get to the golf course to try to prepare for their best round. What would be that small little piece of advice
4: you'd like people to try to practice? Well, I'd say warm up seeing shots and hitting shots because that's what you're going to do on the golf course. And you've got to be able to see the shot you want. And, and that doesn't mean it has to be visual. It could be just looking where you want the ball to go. It could be just looking at a target, but but you got to see it, and to the exclusion of all else. Um, if you're warming up, thinking about your golf swing all the time, and then you go to the first tee and suddenly you got to play golf, well then you're not ready for golf. Your warm-up session didn't do you any good.
0: Make Your Best Shot, Your Next Shot, Your Best Shot. The name of the book, Make Your Next Shot, Your Best Shot. It will be released formally in September by Dr. Bob Rotella, but you guys can pre-order it right now from Simon & Schuster. We will be providing you with the link. Dr. Bob, it's always an honor, sir. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for what you have done to help bring joy to so many with all of your work in so many fields for so many years.
4: Uh, Good talking to you, Matt, and uh, keep up doing a great job. Love your show. Take
0: care. Absolute pleasure. Dr. Bob Rotella there. You can see that his book, make your next shot, your best shot. We will be providing you the links to all of our social media channels coming up in just a little while. BioFit360.com wants you to know that you do not have to deal with chronic pain. Don't just let it linger. Don't try to deal with it by constantly ingesting medicine you can deal with it naturally. Their CBD products have extracted the CBD oil safely from the hemp plant, and they've consulted with over 1,000 medical professionals to make sure that it is, frankly, perfect for you. Maybe it's something that you want to deal with, like sleep. Who gets enough sleep? Seriously, who gets enough sleep? Well, they can help you with that, too. Check it all out at BioFit360.com. It is perfect for golfers and high performers at every level, and I'm sure it will be perfect for you. We love it. Uh, And check it out. When we come back, we're going to go down this road of continuing to speak with absolutely fascinating guests. Dr. Bob Rotella obviously is an absolute legend. Well, what we're about to talk about is to give you an understanding of the world behind the world, the numbers that make up sports, and we will talk about it in its context to golf as well, to try to get an understanding of what is a massively important area in the world of golf. All of that lies in head on the Fairways of Life show. We are worldwide and back after this. Let me ask you a question. Are you in pain on the golf course? You know, pain management is a crisis in America. It affects over 100 million people and 35% of golfers, but now we can do something about it. BioFit 360 is a new company here to help us manage and alleviate that pain naturally. They've developed a formula that safely extracts CBD from the hemp plant and utilizes all of its healing properties to help us. They have a relief cream, they have gummies, they have sleep aids, and much more. It will change the way you feel on the golf course and in life. All you need to do is head to BioFit360.com. Feel better, do better, be better.
4: Hi, I'm Brian Hammons. You Country Club members can now represent your club and compete in a Ryder Cup-style event. The inaugural Country Club National Championship, presented by Fuzzy's Ultra Premium Vodka. It's October 12th through the 17th at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. The field is limited, so don't delay. For more information, go to ccncgolf.com. That's ccncgolf.com. I hope to see you and your team in Orlando.
0: Streamsong is so special with three top 100 U.S. courses designed by four legendary architects. Tom Doak's blue course, Bill Core and Ben Crenshaw's red course, and Gil Hansen's black course, secluded by thousands of acres. The greatest golf stories are lived, not told. Streamsongresort.com Just Today we're hearing from people all over the world after having Dr. Bob Rotella on. He always generates a great deal of buzz. You know, we were talking to you guys about this the other day, that when we decided to go down the path that we did, uh, which, which was at the end of 2018, uh, I pulled the show off satellite radio because my my feeling was and is that a paid satellite service that reaches less than 10% of the United States public and those that it does reach have to pay to get the service, and then when they get the service, it's spread out over, at times, hundreds of different options, that you're you're going to have a great deal of dilution. So our objective was utilize the worldwide audio platforms to make the show available live as digital radio every day to the entire United States. That was our first objective. And then we picked up the rest of the world when we put together the the actual network structure. Uh, At the end of 2019, we set our sights on television. Uh, Obviously, COVID hit. And It definitely delayed us, but we decided to go ahead and build this broadcast television studio. And again, it was a massive risk. We realized that, but we were convinced that where things are going in the world today, that then to take this program and send it out, we use a company called Restream that sends it out through dozens of different touch points where people can get it all over the world with the same objective in mind, uh, to make it available to everyone, to make it available for free, Worldwide. Uh, And as a result, we are seeing record numbers. So, again, it's that balance between risk and and reward, and and you hope you survive to the reward without the risk consuming you. Uh, Happy to say, because of all of you guys, we're full of gratitude that that it's worked. Uh, But how you get your media, as evidenced by what we're just talking about, where you get your media, when you get your media, all of that is changing. Our next guest is someone that I've been following on social media for a long, long time. Uh, He is an expert of that which he speaks. Uh, He's constantly talking about what we're watching. I'm talking about in the world of sports, not just in the world of golf. What we're watching, when we're watching it, how we're watching it, etc. It is a fascinating movement that is happening right now. uh, where All of those categories— are changing versus, say, even five years ago, frankly, even two years ago, but definitely, say, 10 or more years ago in terms of where it is. Now, when it comes to ratings itself, now I'm talking about traditional television ratings. In 2017, the the Golf Digest put out a ratings chart, and I I don't think it will come as a shock to anyone that the four highest-rated majors as of that year was Tiger in 1997 at the Masters with 14.1, tied with Tiger Woods at Bethpage, David Graham at Marion, so 2002 and 1981, both with 8.9. The 2000 Open at St. Andrews, that was when uh, Tiger completed the career Grand Slam, a 6.4, and the 2000 uh, Tiger victory at Valhalla with an 8.8 rating. Austin Carp is the managing editor, digital of the Sports Business Journal. It's an absolute delight to welcome him to the program. Austin, thank you for your time, sir. How are you?
2: Fantastic, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: It's, it's an honor to, to have you, as I mentioned. I've enjoyed following you and your work for a long time. So the, the first it. question I would have for you, which I realize is so based for your level of expertise, but it's to educate an educated <laughs> idiot like me, ratings. What exactly mm-hmm. are they in 2021?
2: it's you know it's kind of what it always has been it's that percentage of the american audience that has tvs and is watching a program at a given time so you know 1.0 rating is like one percent of whatever the tv universe is these days somewhere in the you know, hundred and teens thousands of viewers and you know probably closer to 250 between 300 million you know tv viewers in that range but um you know that's what the rating is, and obviously that number has gotten spread out and spread out over the years. When there used to be just three networks, you, know, you saw these massive ratings that you can get sometimes half of the, you know, half of the country watching. But obviously, you know, as we've gone more digital, as as cable has really taken over, as Netflix has taken over, you, you've seen the, the numbers kind of come down a little bit, and the audience has spread out across you know the U.S.
0: This uh, can I call it digital? Can I call it streaming? But the way that media has evolved, uh, particularly, I mean, I've, obviously COVID had a massive impact on, on our, our consumption habits, but how much has all of that changed what you started by saying, remember the old days of three networks, how much has things mm. changed in the last few years?
2: I mean, it's been incredible. And you've seen that evidenced by companies like NBC launching Peacock and ESPN going with ESPN Plus, and now CBS you know has rebranded what was CBS All Access into Paramount Plus. Everyone is investing. All these legacy media companies are investing in a, in a digital strategy. They're, they're trying to get there. They're trying to serve a competitor to Netflix. So it's not going to be Netflix, per se, that is going to be buying these rights. It's still going to be those legacy media companies. They're just going to start putting more and more on these digital platforms.
0: Did you find, uh, Austin, in your experience and expertise, did it surprise you in any way, or did you see what was happening on the digital side even before some of these media companies did. It was interesting to me, those that seemed very vested in traditional broadcast media that are now trying to play catch-up on the digital side. But what was the experience like for you watching the evolution?
2: I mean, it started for me at even a younger age. Um, you know, I went to Georgia Tech and you saw the just the beginnings of people being able to sh- stream stuff like on their computer screen. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is the latest rage. And, you know, to think that you'd be able to get, you know, Live sports programming streamed that way. I, you know, I don't even think I could have guessed at that time. But you started seeing the measurement for this sort of stuff as far back as 2008 with the Beijing Olympics. NBC came out with this Tammy, which was like a total audience measurement index, and you know it was starting to include streaming. But they've been really out front. Um, NBC Research has in measuring those digital metrics. So the writing has been on the wall for a while. Um, I think they were the legacy media companies were definitely waiting for waiting for an inflection point. And you started seeing the Netflix having success and Amazon prime video and some of these other services. And it was like, all right, we really need to invest more in our digital strategy to keep the popular properties that we have.
0: Does it surprise? I'm going to step away from sports for a second here, but I find this so fascinating. Austin Karp is, is our guest. He's the managing editor for digital a sports business journal. Uh, for those of you that are listening to us on the radio side, uh, on the television side, you can find us well everywhere. But, I'm really curious about, you know, you're getting into all these different dedicated OTTs, uh, for example, mm-hmm. like Disney+. Plus, and the programming that they're producing is exceptional. My, my my boys are huge Star Wars fans, so they're consuming a lot of that and the Avengers and all the rest. And yet there's a subscription service and, and, and all that goes into it. Each time one of these services comes out, in the back of my head, I'm wondering, um, will... People pay for that, and yet mm-hmm. they seem to be continuing to consume. What's your observation with, with and you mentioned some of these, the, the rapid growth, whether it's sports or otherwise, in these dedicated
2: OTTs? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a value proposition. It's what are you getting from what was either your cable package, whether it's Comcast or Charter or one of those, and or whether you had Dish Network and DirecTV. So what were you paying for those sorts of bundles and what kind of sports were you getting? Were you getting the regional sports networks? Uh, were, were you were you getting the NFL ticket on DirecTV? Mm-hmm. So if you had cut the cord and just wanted to go get one of these services like YouTube TV or Hulu TV or Fubo TV, where you can still get your ABC, NBC, CBS, some of your cable channels, but then you start, like you talked about, getting these over-the-top packages, you're still probably not paying as much as you were for that cable or satellite subscription uh you're not necessarily getting all the services you're picking the ones that you want and a lot of people dip in and dip out um you might go and eventually binge a series on hulu and you jump out and then there's something on netflix that you want you jump in jump out for live sports obviously a little different um if you're going to want to be watching the entire season of golf um and you want to stream it you may need to get um Paramount Plus, or you may need to be, have Peacock um, if you don't have one of these other services.
0: Uh, Austin, I'm curious. The, the other day I saw, I think, I think it was a tweet from you, where you had mentioned that the ratings for the Wells Fargo, the victory by Rory, were, was record ratings. It was 3.05 million, if memory serves me. And I looked at that and I said, well, it's great. Obviously, ratings for our game are great. Uh, golf as as we all know has never really been defined by massive ratings save for what i was just explaining in terms of these all-time uh ratings records which again that that chart dates back to 2017 but even at 3.05 which sounds great to me as a golf guy how does golf compare to the other sports say you know for example like the 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 monster that is the nfl
2: well Nothing's going to compare to the NFL. That is that is the 10,000-pound uh, gorilla on U.S. television. But in terms of sports properties, I mean, the value of the PGA Tour is incredible. Like you said, getting 3 million viewers in this media landscape to watch anything at one time is impressive. And so they're getting numbers that are on par with NASCAR. You know, on a given weekend, NASCAR might be a little higher depending on if the race is on broadcast or cable. Um, majors, obviously, you see the spike. Uh, But that's in any given media landscape. But you saw that NBC, CBS, they were able to recognize the stability and the power of that audience when last year they kicked up. It was a 70% uptick they paid for rights to the PGA Tour through 2030. Um, That deal will start next year, getting around $700 million annually, the PGA Tour will. I mean, that's a big gain. Uh, in this media landscape. And obviously the timing was great. They were able to, they got that locked in before the pandemic, but uh, it, it's good to have that sort of stability for the rest of the decade.
0: Oh, that is fascinating that, that they went up by that much more money in, in the contracts mm-hmm. that will be kicking off uh, next year. Now, if you were, I'll, I'll put you in an unfair position of saying, if you were a television executive and you, you just committed to these massive rights fees for the PGA tour, uh, Tiger is coming off a, a, a serious car accident. He's approaching 50 years old. Yes, he, he did win in 2019. We always talk about Tiger moving the needle. How significant is the Tiger factor when, when he is in full form and playing, and we hope that he's able to again? How significant is that compared to, I guess I'll start with, the rest?
2: I mean, when Tiger plays, he doesn't move the needle. He Like, he is the needle. Like, he, he is everything when he is playing well and in on Sunday – In contention, you get such a massive following of not just golf fans, but uh, casual sports fans, and just casual fans who know who Tiger is, tuning in to see that sort of event. So when he does play, it's a massive uptick. When he won the Players Championship, excuse me, uh, yeah, the Players Championship two years ago, not the Player Championship, the Tour Championship, excuse me. Yep. Um, You saw the best figures ever for that tournament and when he was at the masters you know when he won two years ago that would have been an incredible number but they had to move up the start of the tournament to the morning so that kind of hurt those numbers this season though you like you said you don't have tiger but you're still seeing really healthy increases multi-year highs for a lot of these tournaments because you're seeing players like jordan spieth play well you're seeing players like kepka play well you saw rory win again at charlotte that was the best for 2015 down here in charlotte so It's good to see these young golfers moving the needle a little bit, not at a Tiger level, but showing that they can still see gains for these telecasts.
0: Do you think, Austin, when it comes to golf and these gains and these telecasts, as you phrased it, is it just about these personalities, or is there some something else? We know the game outside of television is at a record level in terms of engagement and popularity. Uh, how much does that play into ratings where someone takes what they do as, as an avocation and says, hey, I'm going to watch the best in the world do the same thing?
2: You know, I, I think there's a couple of ways to unpack that. You do definitely have these names that move the needle. You saw that with Jordan Spieth. You know, earlier at, when he was in contention at, at Pebble and Phoenix made, made a run. And when he did win the Texas Open, you saw incredible numbers there. Uh, he was in contention at Augusta, obviously. But, you know, uh, he had run away with that already on Sunday. And the numbers don't really reflect how much of a lead he had. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who can stay in contention on Sunday for the PGA. And the PGA is actually an interesting, you know, case here because we're back you know, in the spring. Last year, it was in the summer, late summer due to COVID. The year before that, it was in the spring. And the year before that, it was in the summer. So we don't have a yeah. true indication of how the PGA is performing in this new time slot. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, what sort of names can drive the audience there. I find it all
0: to be absolutely fascinating, uh, Austin Carp. Uh, you can find Austin on Twitter at... Austin Karp, and it's with a K, K K-A-R-P, Austin Karp. He is the managing editor of digital for the Sports Business Journal. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to come on and help educate us and give us your insights to all of this. I think it's absolutely fascinating, and unless I'm mistaken, I have a sense that everything that you're talking about will only grow in prominence as we move forward in, in what is a fascinating shifting sands of sports media.
2: Yeah, it's a definite win for golf to see all of these rounds now on digital products. Golf fans are the big winners here. You're able to see more golf than ever before. They're showing more coverage. And, you know, as for fans of the sport, it's, you know, the golden years for that.
0: Uh, we're winners, too, with your company, my friend. Thank you very much for it and your insights.
2: Thanks for having me, Matt.
0: Austin Carp, who is the managing editor for Digital for the Sports Business Journal. Big time guy. Uh, that his, his insights, his observations, the information that he imparts has an impact on what people doing, are doing around the, the world of golf. All right, so I can remember the first time that I got to a course in Ireland called Port Salon. And Port Salon was, was one of these places. I remember that they had, you can't block access to the sea. Right, And so they had this pathway that they built in the fairway that they then covered it with mesh on top where people could walk to the ocean without interrupting you playing. And the piece of ground was so beautiful that I remember looking at this and thinking, you know, this is one of the reasons why Golf in Ireland and Northern Ireland is so special because you find these little gems. I don't know how many of you had heard of Port Salon before I just mentioned the name just now, right? I mean, did you know that it existed, where it was? Uh, This video that we're watching right now is being uh, provided to us by uh, northandwestcoastlinks.com, but we're encouraging people as well just to log on to Ireland.com so you can start the plan accordingly. But I mean, were you aware of this golf course in Donegal before I brought it up to you? And, And it's one of the wonderful things about Ireland that you have these gems that you may not have heard of before, but one of my favorite things to do when we do these trips and we've got a huge one coming up in May of 22 is that at the end of the trip, I won't really say anything about the courses while we play them other than just the expression of joy for the experience. But at the end of the trip, I like to ask the people that are on the trip, what was your favorite course? And you would think that the big brand golf courses, which are fabulous, like, you know, Royal Port Rush would be everybody's favorite, right? You would not be surprised. I'm sure to find out how often that is not the case because it's a, lo- a lot of it is about what Bob Ritella was talking about earlier. It's, it's about the joy that you feel in the time and place. It might be a particular view. And very easily, Port Salon could be the one for you. It is that special. And it is one of 400 plus in Ireland. Ireland.com. Log on there today. Whether you want to go, we're going to go to We're going to go through Donegal. We're going to to go up through Northern Ireland. We're going to see all these great golf courses. I hope we're going to get time to get to the Titanic Museum while we're there and take in some of the culture. But you can plan your trip as well. It's time to start thinking ahead. Ireland.com for more details on the same. It is a place that is that special. Uh, When we come back, we're going to continue on this Thursday talking about everything in the world of golf, which includes leaderboard updates on the PGA Tour, on the European tour, how and when and where you can get your golf both on television and on digital, and how you can hear it on the radio as well. It all lies ahead on the Fairways of Life show worldwide. More after this. If I told you legends like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross have designed and inspired more than 10 breathtaking courses and they're all in one place, would you believe me? Where is Golf.com and see why they're at the heart of america's summer golf capital
1: come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly french lick springs hotel where there's something for everyone
0: What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com.
4: It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the all-new Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try the new Tour B, the Tour Ball, reinvented.
0: Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear. And where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips if you need it or want it they've got it log on to pga tour superstore.com to upgrade your game today
5: yeah my confidence is is very high with my putting and wedging and um iron plays okay it wasn't great last week driving was okay not not the best but i worked on that on monday and feel pretty confident this week and going and uh be definitely top 50 in iron play and uh, number one in sure gain off the tee. Um, I, I think I could definitely do that this week and hit more fairways this week. If I could, if I could accomplish those two things and putt the same way I did last week, um, I'm going to be right up there next to the leader. Yeah, I feel like I'm ramping up. Uh, every time I've had a few weeks in a row, that third or fourth week, I seem to play pretty well. Um, hopefully this week kind of solidifies it and and maybe I play well and I win this week and I'm you know, feeling really good going into next week. Uh, but Kiwa, I've never played it I've seen it on TV, obviously, watching Rory do what he did, and he's obviously played really well out there, and I think that his game, his length is a tremendous advantage, as well as mine hopefully will be next week. It's I think it's one of the longest championships we've ever played, and um, I'm excited for that, because anytime it's a super long golf course, I think it just fits into my hand quite nicely. Yeah, he's obviously got great chances. I mean, his, his resolve, we all knew he was going to go back and win at some point. He's struggling, obviously, but his resolve is incredible, and His uh, ability to play the game of golf is is undeniably um, unbelievable. I would say Hall of Fame worthy um, as time goes on. And and I would say that there's numerous facets about his game that if he continues to improve, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time and and will continue to do so for probably the rest of his life. And that's exciting. I I like uh, playing against people that are continuing to dedicate themselves to playing the best golf they can possibly play and I want to play with the best players in, in the world and Uh, Continue to challenge myself as well. Um, You know, that's why I play out here. That's why I play against the best That's why I love it when I see Rory up there on top of leaderboard or anybody else. It's a force to be reckoned with It's something that I I thrive off of. Yeah, I I mean, I think it's gonna help me for when I hit it offline (laughs) We're not gonna have to go to a sprinkler head and and uh, walk, you know, 40 yards 50 yards away from from a place to to find a, a number Um, so there will be certain times it will help. I think it may slow play down in certain scenarios where if you're trying to double check, um, that may not be great, but again, you have to play under a certain time period. So, you know, for the most part, if players use it in a way in certain situations, in a way that allows them to speed up play, that's great. If they're always double checking, I think that's uh, potentially a place where it could maybe slow, slow play down a little bit, which uh, I'm not a fan of at all, but I think in certain scenarios, like, for instance, if I hit it offline, um, there may be a potential for me to utilize that to my advantage to speed up play a little bit.
0: Bryson DeChambeau addressing the media uh, at the Byron Nelson. I want to give you an update on what's going on there because the man atop the leaderboard is doing something quite remarkable indeed. I'll get to it in just a second. But first, I was mi- reminded because the last commercial in the block you just saw was the PJ Tour Superstore. And I just wanted to say thank you to Lori and her staff out at Scottsdale at the PGA Tour Superstore there, who were so welcoming and accommodating to me when I stopped in the other day. I showed you guys the video the uh, I think it was yesterday when when uh, I stopped in there. Oh, here's the here Andrew's playing it right now of uh, the video that I've played for this store. The store was magnificent, it was massive. It was extremely well appointed, particularly now because we know uh, Women's Golf Day is coming up in June, and there you can see the product that they have available there that's directly associated with the same. It's such an important message to try to get everybody involved, and you can you can win some great prizes too. And that's Brian on the right, that's Lori on the left on your television screen. Uh, he works in, in the repair, and she's running the shop. And then I jumped in with her after that, out in front of the store, just to say hello and to say thank you. And it was it was so cool. PjTourSuperstore.com. if you want to check out everything that they have to offer because you're buying from professionals. So you know that what's happening is you're not just being sold something. You're ins- ensuring you're that what you're getting is right for you and your game. You're investing. And you might as well make sure that as you invest, you get the greatest return from it, which comes in the form of performance and comes in the form of fun uh, and why not get it from the very best that you can at PJ Tour Superstore? Start at PJTourSuperstore.com. Now, one of the products they feature there are the Tour Edge products, and the Tour Edge products are selling like crazy. The package sets, the full package, you know, everything you need in a box. Uh, if Whoever it is, maybe it's it's a, a spouse or, or one of your children or a friend or grandchildren, whatever it is that you want to reintroduce someone to the game of golf or maybe for the first time introduce them to uh, a game that they can fall in love with for the rest of their lives. And these package sets are going like crazy because they have everything you need. There's a golf bag in them. There's a putter in them, everything, irons, woods, wedges. It's all in the package set and they have them for different ages. They have them obviously for different genders. So check them out when you get a chance at touredge.com. All right. Atop the leaderboard right now at the Byron Nelson, Rafael Cabrera Bayo is four under impressive score. Yes. He's only played four holes. He has birdied. He started on 10. He has birdied 10, 11, 12, and 13. And right now he is playing the par 4 14th. Uh, he actually came up short with his second shot on 14. He has 18 yards left to the hole to get, try to get up and down. So unless he chips that in, maybe his run of birdies is destined to end there at the 14th hole. But it's been a very impressive start for him nonetheless. Four under through four holes uh, to lead the... Byron Nelson, by one. Chesson Hadley is three under through three. He, too, started on ten, which gives us an indication that there's some scoring opportunities there. Uh, For Chesson, he birdied the par-four tenth hole. He parred the par-four eleventh, and he made an eagle at the par-five twelfth to reach that mark of three under. He is one shot back, three holes into his round. From there, alone in third, Danny Lee is two under through five. After that, we go to a tie for fourth. Scores of one under par, and it is a massive group. Ben Martin, Seamus Powers, Tom Hoagie, Sam Ryder, Scott Harrington, KJ Choi, Ryan Blom, Luke Donald, uh, Cody Tway, Leishman, Putnam, all on one under par. Now, there's a ton of players at level par as well, but I want to jump ahead and see who is over par just to get a sense of uh, who might be struggling early on in their rounds, and it is as follows. Those at one over par currently tied for 32nd, James Hahn, Bryce Garnett, uh, Martin Traynor, Russell Knox, Patrick Rogers is two over through four. So that's a quick look at the leaderboard at the Byron Nelson, where Rafael Cabrera-Beo is leading the way four under after his first four holes, but work to do to make a birdie if he chips in or at least a par at the fifth hole. We'll see how that plays itself out on the European tour. Richard Bland was 3-under today. He has now completed his round on the mark of 7-under par, and he is in the clubhouse with a one-shot lead over three players, all of whom have completed their round as well. Uh, Julianne Goudier, Justin Harding, and Eddie Pepperell all finished uh, on the mark of 6-under par, and they are one-shot back. The group at 5-under par, as you can imagine, is huge. Uh, It includes Matthew Pavon, Ross Fisher, Adrian Arnas. Uh, Matthew Swab, who just started. Remember, he was the leader after yesterday. He bogeyed uh, to start early today. He's only two holes into his round, five under and two shots back, so still plenty of opportunity. Lee Slattery uh, starts the group at four under par. Again, that's a huge group, too. Uh, Bernd Wiesberger is in that group. Andy Sullivan is amongst that grouping. Julian Surrey will start the day at four under. He doesn't tee off until uh, 2 p.m. local time. All right, so I do want to give you the times, how, when, and where you can get your golf, both on television, the digital stream, PGA Tour Live, which hint hint is actually live right now, as well as PGA Tour Radio. But before we get to that, this was John Rahm addressing the media yesterday. This was us condensing the best of his comments to the media into a nice little piece here for you that takes just about two minutes where you can hear what the mindset is of John Rahm, including his thoughts about the Olympics.
1: I felt like I think it was after Augusta, uh, with my son being born and me not having really taken a break in December, I needed a, I needed a week off, so I decided not to play the week after New Orleans and, you know, take that week fully off. I didn't touch a club for about eight days, so I needed a couple of weeks of prep before the PGA, right? So that's why I played last week and I'm playing this week as well. Now, with that said as well. I haven't played a couple events leading up to a major yet. I've always taken the week or the two weeks before off. So, um, you know, try and see if I'm one of those players that needs to play the week before. I'm feeling good, you know. Yeah, last week, like you said, a hiccup. But uh, I like to think sometimes you need to take a couple steps back to take a leap forward. So, it it is what it is. Like I said, I uh, I didn't do much the week before, right? So... I wasn't expecting any any fireworks. Just uh, just trying to ramp up. You know, this week should be a little bit better, um, and feeling good about my game. You know, it's um, I've said it a couple of times in interviews. I didn't expect to be playing this good early on with all the new equipment, but it's a testament to how good the TaylorMade team, the Callaway team, and the uh, the fitters have been. Right, so it's um, it's been a team effort, and and I'm happy I'm playing this good. Hopefully, I can you know I can get the first Callaway win soon. I basically said, you know, the Olympic Committee are not making it very easy for us to, to, to choose it simply because, up until not too long ago, we couldn't go to our site or tournament hotel till Wednesday, uh, and we had to stay in the Olympic Village till then. You, and as I, I'm, I understand uh, from what I've been told, there's at least one to two-hour drive to get to the golf course, and. That's a lot of time to be in the car going to and coming back from the Olympic Village and then you can only go to the hotel on Wednesday. Your family's not allowed. You're not allowed to go to any other events. There's just so many restrictions. It's also between the British Open and the WGC. I just, I can understand why a lot of people are prioritizing the FedEx Cup events and the great golf events, right? Uh, The Olympics are relatively new for the golf and and I don't blame them. In my case, I want to play. It's an absolute dream of mine to be an Olympian. I've been able to uh, win championships representing Spain as an amateur in almost every level and you know to bring back the gold medal will be something amazing and and, and yeah I'm, I'm one of those who I want to play they're not making it very easy but uh the uh, I, I do want to play
0: absolutely fascinating comments there from John Rom. not only relative to this week and mindset heading to the PGA championship but also those comments about the Olympics And it's the first time I've heard that from from any of the players in terms of the logistics and how he feels it's going to make it very difficult and the comments about being in between an Open and a World Golf Championship. We'll see how all of that plays out. Uh, To make sure that your game plays out the very best for you, PXG's all-new Gen 4 golf clubs are the most advanced, best-performing clubs that we've ever made. Packed with new innovations, aluminum vapor technology, precision weighting technology, X-Core technology and more Gen 4 irons. Drivers, fairways, and hybrids deliver incredible ball speed, distance control, sound, and feel. Visit pxg.com or call 844-PLAY-PXG to learn more. PXG, nobody makes flubs the way we do, period. All right, so let's bring you up to speed on how, when, and where you can get your golf coming up over the coming hours and the coming days because the coming hours is actually right now. PGA Tour is live, but I'm going to start on the TV side first. Uh, today at 3.30 p.m., you can get the coverage. We have it for you on Golf Channel both today and tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. All these times, and I'm giving you our Eastern time. On Saturday, it's split between us and CBS, 1 p.m. on Golf Channel, 3 p.m. on CBS. On Sunday, same thing, 1 p.m. on Golf Channel and 3 p.m. on CBS. You heard me mention PGA Tour Live. Well, they are live right now. Uh, They started at 7.45 a.m. They will start at 7.45 a.m. tomorrow as well for the featured group coverage. I'm going to turn to Dom in just a second here and ask him about who the featured groups are for the first couple of days, but first letting you know on Saturday, coverage comes on at 8 a.m., Sunday at 8 a.m. for PGA Tour Live, which you can get. It is a subscription service through NBC sports gold. So Dom, who do we have for uh, featured groups over the next couple of days? Uh, no problem. I'm, I'm going to have Andrew put them up on the screen for you. You can see us if you're watching on the, the TV side. You got Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, and Will Zalatoris. Sung Kang, Hideki Matsuyama, and John Rahm. Remember, this is the first we've seen Hideki uh, since his Masters victory. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Mark Leishman, Sam Burns, Sergio Garcia, Brooks Kepka. And Cameron Champ, so some pretty solid feature groups, a pretty stout field, as a lot of players are, as they often do, will play the week before a major championship. There is no doubt about that. Dom joining us live on the Prison Cam and on the radio side, PGA Tour radio, coverage will start each of the four days at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, Dom's in my headset yelling at me right now because I said that as we were cutting away from. 1 p.m. Eastern time will be the start time over the next four days. PGA Tour radio can be heard on the PGA Tour app. It can be heard on PGATour.com, and if you subscribe to the satellite service, series, XM in North America. The European Tour, the British Masters, you've heard me giving you updates on that leaderboard, and I'll give you updates on that leaderboard and the PGA Tour before we say goodbye on this Thursday. a uh, coverage has started on Wednesday. It will conclude on Saturday. Uh, it will be on the air tomorrow morning on golf channel at 8.30 a.m. It's on right now and it will be on the air until 1.30 p.m. in the afternoon schedule. And then Saturday the coverage will come on at 7.30 a.m. in the morning. The Champions Tour is playing the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. That will start on Friday, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Golf Channel. Saturday and Sunday, it will be at 3 p.m. each of those two days. A leaderboard update before we say goodbye on this Thursday and send you off to enjoy the day and the golf. Rafael cabrera Bayo did make par at that fifth hole, so four birdies in a row to start, a par at the fifth, and he leads the Byron Nelson by one atop the leaderboard at four under through five. Chesson Hadley is one shot back, three under after four holes played Danny Lee is amongst those at two under par that now includes him, Ben Martin, and Tom Hoagie. Lee is six holes in, so too is Martin Hoagie, is only five holes into his round. The European Tour, atop the leaderboard at seven under par, Richard Bland leads a three under par effort today, sees him one shot in front of now four players, Gutierrez, Harding, uh, Pepperell, and Pavone, all on the mark of six under par. Remember, Pavone, uh, the first three are all done for the day. Pavone's only seven holes into his round, he's two under, so far on the round today to reach that mark of six under and try to claw his way back to the top of the leaderboard. Let's see how deep in the red numbers they will go on the European tour. I hope your day goes well for you. Thank you to Bob Rutella for joining us today. Fascinating. The man's a legend. Thank you to Austin Karp for joining us today. Really cool to get some insight into what these numbers really mean in terms of, how do we phrase it, a fractured audience that, that can get your coverage as we were just illustrating from you how you want it when you want it where you want it uh, all these different ways it is absolutely fascinating and i'll be the first one to admit that we're also the beneficiary of all of this new media it's really fascinating cannot wait to catch the golf that's going on today it's some great golf and some great fields i hope you guys enjoy it until we are together again tomorrow if we're spared be well and goodbye for now